Hello and welcome to episode 10 of When Life Gives You Lemons, Go Vegan. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja. This podcast usually celebrates and shares people's incredible stories of recovery after making the transition to a low-fat, whole-food vegan lifestyle. However, today I'm super excited to be bringing you someone a little different as I was lucky enough to get to interview vegan activist James Aspie. If you're not vegan yet, or you haven't heard of James Aspie, or you've been living under a rock, a quick Google search should give you access to hundreds of his powerful speeches on the harmful impact of animal agriculture on the animals, our health, and the planet, to have you converted overnight. (laughs) I tried my hardest not to be a complete fangirl during this interview, as I love how James goes about spreading his message across the world, and I get super nervous when I'm speaking to people who I consider to be celebrities. In this interview, we discussed how he became an activist, his work traveling the world, speaking on behalf of the animals, his 12 months voiceless, his 24 hours of tattooing, bearing witness at slaughterhouses, mindfulness, self-care, career challenges, and so much more. Thank you, James, for all the incredible work that you do, being a voice for the animals, and for taking the time to speak with me today so that I can help share your message of peace, love, and kindness with the world. I hope you enjoy episode 10. Hello, James, and thank you for coming. What's up? Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, If you just want to give a bit of an introduction to yourself and what you do to everyone who's listening, some people might not know who you are and lots of people will know who you are, but yeah, give us a bit of a James Aspie background story. It's weird because just so much has changed in the last few years and even in the last week so much has changed, so it's, it's almost like I'm always telling who I am, but it always kind of is changing. Eight years ago, I was a personal trainer for many years, and I was very interested in health and helping people, and that's still very important to me. But then I got interested in helping animals because I realized that we don't actually need to eat them to survive and be healthy. And when I learned that, I thought, well, then how dare we hurt them and kill them for just no better reason than a taste? And it, it just became this huge injustice in my eyes. So I decided to do something about it. And I, you know, I wanted to speak up for the animals and give them the voice that they don't have. And so I took a year long vow of silence and traveled around Australia in that time, raising awareness by writing a blog. I cycled halfway across Australia from Darwin to Sydney. And I spoke for the first time on Australia's most popular morning TV show in an interview that was viewed by millions of people. And then I've just traveled around the world mainly since then, sharing my story and giving speeches all for free. I go to slaughterhouses and bear witness there and make videos about it. Uh, Basically, I'm just always advocating for veganism, for respect for all beings, not just dogs, not just dolphins, not just whales. I mean, I've just really committed to that over the last four years. So it's been like a very wild ride and a lot of ups and a lot of downs and a lot of work. But today I would say that I am becoming more, you know, I'm just trying to get some balance in my life and, you know, have fun again, realizing that one of the best ways to attract people to become vegan is to just promote what a good lifestyle it is, how healthy it is, how good you feel every single day, knowing that you're doing better for this planet and for yourself and for the animals. And so I'm just trying to, yeah, just get that balance and show the lighter side of life because when you're focusing on animal rights, there is a lot of doom and gloom because it is such a, there's just so much bad 
happening. Oh man, it's fully heavy, and that's why you know, like people burn out a lot. All activists burn out a lot, so I'm just trying to be aware of that and just steer clear. And so, yeah, my future is actually looking quite different. If you asked me a week ago, a lot's changed in this last week for me, to be honest. But yeah, that's a whole other story, really. Actually, it's funny. This morning, I was thinking about. I can't remember his surname, and that's so terrible because I'm a vegan. Gary Yurovsky, is that it? Yeah, that's him. Oh, phew. And I was thinking I hadn't heard from him, and I've I've been following him and realising the heaviness that he carries doing such intense activism and promotion of animal rights over the years, and I was wondering how he was, and I was thinking about you and thinking it's so easy when you're constantly you're carrying the voiceless on your back really trying to raise awareness and and you need you know you to do that you need to be able to say I've been to these places I've seen this suffering I've seen this violence I've witnessed the way animals are treated in a multitude of countries like this isn't just America this isn't just happening in one small isolated place you know and but but carrying that is heavy, you know, it's it's a heaviness and on the soul and, and on your spirit. And I was just I was wondering how you managed to carry that. Oh, it's so heavy, man. Like I do a lot to remain positive and I'm a positive person. Like I've been, I've worked on becoming a positive, optimistic person for a huge chunk of my life. I meditate every single day. I've done seven, ten day meditation courses where you meditate over 10 hours every single day i stay fit i eat good i focus on the good you can you know there's a lot of things you can do but ultimately if you are just you know i mean working as hard as i've been like i've been working i could not have put in another minute work this year i i don't think and look at gary urofsky he's worked so hard for way longer and in the lion's den with so many people and he he actually, the reason why you haven't heard from him is because he quit activism nearly a year ago and he's not online anymore. He fully retired from it. And it's a shame because he's a really strong voice for the animals. To be honest, I'm glad that he retired because he's just so filled with hate, that opinion. He got to a point where he was doing probably more harm in regards to putting out new content because his old stuff, he wasn't like that but it does build up more and more in him and you know self-care needs to be mandatory and even me who really is focused on self-care a lot it's just nowhere near enough when you are at slaughterhouses watching slaughterhouse footage watching your friends and family and just society in general tuck into a you know the flesh of a murdered being or you know recently i was in israel i was at a dairy farm I was there when they ripped the baby away from the mother and you know I was just in Bali and in Bali so you hear, like it's funny you know it was funny in Bali I saw this um, small pig farm and there was this big pig in a small concrete I don't know what you call it just like a small concrete cube kind of thing and I looked and I thought oh that's so sad like that poor pig just stuck in there like that and then I realized I'm like oh you know what this pig here actually has probably three times as much room as the pigs in Australia do. The pigs in Australia, they can't even turn around in their little things. Yeah, like it's a full-on thing, mate. And because of the way that society has been conditioned to think that animals don't matter, that only some matter, if any, that we need to eat meat to survive, we need cow's milk for calcium, humane slaughter is perfectly fine and, and it exists even though it's 
you know, there's no humane way to murder someone who doesn't want to die. You're just going up against society's most normal thing where people don't even think about it. They're just eating food, which is something they do three times a day every day. You're going up against that. You're going up against some of the most wealthy industries in the planet. You're going up against centuries of tradition and culture. And then the actual topic is full of cruelty and abuse and suffering and killing. So absolutely, yes, it is so, you know, it can really, it doesn't take long before it can really take it out of you. And you've got to be careful. Like you, it, And that's the hardest part because you got to be careful and you know it, theoretically, you know it. But you try that into practice. You try to go enjoying yourself or chilling, you know, whatever, or reading something non-animal rights related when you know the injustice happening and you understand the suffering. You go try and do it and you just, you're like, fuck this. Like, I need to go do something useful because this isn't doing shit for anyone except for me and I'm fine. But honestly, that is actually the wrong attitude because you need to learn how to switch off for the cause you need to learn how to enjoy life and to have balance and that is a really hard thing to learn to be honest like that's something i think most of us actually struggle with so it's funny because i used to have the other balance i'd be like all play no work now i'm like the total opposite i think when you when you found your passion and your calling and it seems like you have it it is so hard to switch off and i think in some ways like it's it's wonderful to to do that that work that you feel like you you're meant to to do but you're right you do it's so easy to end up like Gary where you yeah you keep going keep going keep going pouring your heart and soul until that heart's empty and you can't do the work anymore anyway exactly and then what good are you everything you've learned all the time you've spent honing your skills is wasted because if you can't deliver it well, you might as well have never landed in the first place. So, yeah, I mean, for me, like I'm taking a totally different approach next year. I've done probably, I don't know, I think it's about 300 speeches over the last few years, all for free. I've been traveling constantly. I've barely stayed in one place in, in four years now for longer than two weeks all over the world. And I've been in Australia for a day. I got to Bali this morning. Tomorrow I go to the UK. I'm there for four days. Then I'm back to Australia for three days then New Zealand and it just goes on and on and you know like that that is just not sustainable at all and I'm feeling I'm definitely feeling the, the brunt of it and next year like here's the beauty of it though this is the beauty of being an animal rights activist <laughs> yeah you got it you want to you know like there's some things there's some causes where you literally got to go to war you know you if you want to make change you got to get on the streets you get arrested people get killed like it's a full-on war for some causes Animal rights activists, you can do it like that. You can be militant and get out there and go get arrested and some people burn down slaughterhouses and all kinds of stuff like that. You can. Um, there's that way. But, you know, you can actually be so incredibly effective by posting a delicious vegan recipe or promoting the lifestyle and being a cool vegan who people follow on social media and then they're like, oh, this guy's cool. Or this this woman's cool. Why? You know, what's, what are they into? Oh, they're vegan. Oh, what's that about? You know, the war is mostly being fought against animals by people who don't even realize they're in the middle of a war. And so when you can wake them up and go, hey, guess what? You're paying for animals to be mutilated and tortured and murdered for foods and products that you don't need and you're better off without. 
and here's another path. It's peaceful, it's respectful, it's kind, and it stops all that violence. You know, you can just explain it. People are like, you know what, that actually sounds better. I, I should do it, and people start doing it. So, like, you know, you don't have to burn yourself out. You can just chill and just, that's what I'm planning to do next year, like just just be a shining example of what it means to be a healthy, happy, thriving vegan. So we're so lucky to be able to do it like that. It's really, really true. I thought it was because you often see people and compare the way, because, you know, I've been a vegan only for six, just under six years. You think, how can I... What is my way? You know, James was silent for, he didn't speak for 12 months. And this other person, you know, they ran around Australia 366 marathons a day. What the heck can I do? (laughs) Totally. And it's a good question to ask. It's a good question to ask. I mean, they're really good things to do. Like that's, I stopped speaking for a year and millions of people heard my voice and, and tens of millions of people have heard my speech. You know, I got tattooed for 24 hours and we raised tens of thousands of dollars. Um, yeah, some people, they ran a marathon a day around Australia. Some people, they got experimented on. You know, I mean, like there's lots of different things, but I think it's great to ask yourself what can you do and, and make it big. I mean, you can think small and just do a little this, a little that, but if you can think of something big and interesting that maybe hasn't even ever been done before, then you're probably going to get in the mainstream and that's exactly where the message needs to hit. So that's great you're asking that question. Yeah. Well, I want, I, you know, I've got two kids and, you know, being vegan for me, it, a part of it is to give them a planet to live on, you know. Um, yeah. To give them an ocean with what marine life in it in the future and spreading this message to me is about giving kids like mine a a future you know a planet um i think it's such a to me it's so hard not to drive a car or fly in a plane it's so hard not to you know have a smartphone and a mac and all those things which also are damaging to the environment but to me it's so easy it's like the lazy it's a lazy sustainable person's environmentalist thing to do in a way like i'm not saying it is lazy i know it is actually hard but i mean it to me it was the simplest thing i could do was to leave the animals off my plate. Yeah, I don't think it's hard at all. I, I actually think it's completely easy. Like even little kids do it, you know, go vegan. Like it's not hard. You just get soy milk instead of cow's milk. You just get, you know, put lentils in your spaghetti bolognese instead of mince. Like it's, it's actually shockingly easy. And yeah, I mean, obviously no one can be perfect, but by far, by far, such a long way, the the worst thing any of us are contributing to in regards to the environment and, you know, suffering for individuals, for animals, by yeah. far the worst thing is what we eat, who we eat. So it would make sense that the, if we want to start becoming better people, the first thing we should do is work with the worst thing we're doing. And that's why going vegan is so impactful because almost everyone is eating animal products and then you know you stop eating them then you can stop getting like go deeper stop wearing them stop using products tested on them stop um visiting places that exploit them and then you go okay maybe i can cut down my plastic consumption maybe i can start finding more ethical clothing and you go deeper and deeper and fine-tune your life but start at the worst thing you know by you eat you're eating someone's murdered body when you're eating meat they didn't want to die like they were murdered for, so you could eat them. And 
it's just cruel and unnecessary and it's a dis it's a disgusting thing for our society to still be doing when there's absolutely no need to. Exactly. I completely agree. How did you first what was the first, your first introduction to being vegan? I just I went vegetarian for health reasons because somebody said eating animals is bad karma. And as I looked into it and I realized it can be healthier, I was like, wow, what am I doing? This is healthier. You know, I'm, I'm a personal trainer. I've been for eight years. I'm supposed to be telling people how to eat healthy. I don't even know myself. And I thought I did. So I did that. And then I started being a vegetarian for ethical reasons when I realized, you know, if you don't need to kill and eat them, then really you shouldn't. And, you know, I, didn't, I was not an animal lover at all, but I doesn't mean I go around killing them just for my own pleasure at all. I don't want to see anyone hurt, anyone suffering, whether that's a human or, or even a tiny little mouse. So I decided all right, I'll stay vegetarian for ethical reasons. And then I learned that there is no ethical vegetarianism because there's at least as much cruelty in dairy and eggs. So it only made sense to cut all animal products out, not just some that I deemed worse than others when actually the truth is they're all as bad as each other. And I just didn't really know what I was doing when I went vegan, but I figured it out pretty quick. Like It's not hard to just check out vegan recipes on Google or go to one of those How Do I Go Vegan websites. I mean, it's pretty much as simple as that, and then you just do it, and it's done, and you still eat amazing food, and you feel better, and... Most importantly, you're saving so many lives and you're, you're doing so much better for the environment and you can have a world, we can have a world where elephants still exist and there are fish in the ocean. Like, let's fight for that. The least we should do is leave this world in at least as good condition as how we found it. And unfortunately, you know, eating animal products is running in the opposite direction of that. But going vegan is a very big step in the right direction. Mm, exactly. It's so good. <laughs> I I love being vegan. Um, I know that you do too. Everyone. That's the thing. You ask any vegan, people are like, oh, man, it must be so hard. It's like, what? No, it's not, man. Ask any vegan what's one of the best things you ever did. And they're always like, oh, man, going vegan. I just wish you could teleport back to when I was born and be vegan from then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just such a positive thing. You know, you just go vegan when you go vegan, like when you figure it out. Unfortunately, some people never will. Some people are just too stubborn or they just don't get the message. But then there's those people who are just waiting to be nudged. And you just might say one thing and boom, next thing you know, they've changed. You know, they've, they've made small changes in their life, but those small changes have changed their entire life. And it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. It is. Maybe we could talk a bit about the hardest parts for you and the best parts for you on this journey as far as what's been like the most difficult times on this road for you and what's been the most rewarding things if the people might want to hear like what the low parts are and how maybe how you result how you got through those times yeah well i mean on a personal note the low times for me is because i travel so much that i it's a very lonely life even though you know, some weekends I might meet over a thousand people at a festival or something. I don't know any of them and I don't get time to meet any of them properly. So for me, I've been very, like it's been a lonely job for the last four years. Um, and my biggest challenge is saying no to an opportunity. I find it very hard to say no to an opportunity to speak. Thank you. I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> no, my choice to speak about it because you never know who's listening 
and whose life you might change. If you if you inspire one person to go vegan, you might have added 20 years to that person's life uh, aside from all the other benefits. So, you know, I find it very hard not to talk about it if I'm asked to. And that's partly to my own detriment, but I don't know. That's what I was talking about earlier, trying to find a balance. So that's personally, though. In terms of what I've seen, I mean, I've been to a lot of factory farms and I've seen a lot of I've seen so much suffering. I've seen little babies squealing, you know, in pain in their last voice. I've seen um, animals squashed to death by their mothers. I've seen piles of dead bodies. You know, I've heard animals screaming while they're looking me in the eyes in pain. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was at the dairy farm the other week. I just saw a baby taken from his or her mother and the mother, like, chasing after the baby and then looking at me as if, you know, like, what's going on? And I was just stood there, like, collecting footage. It was all I could do. So, obviously, that's, like, the worst part. And, I mean, we go to a lot of slaughterhouses. We stand out the front as the trucks come in. And as they come in, we take footage of the animals and put it on social media and that. That's, like, obviously not very easy either. It sounds horrendous. One thing, just to interrupt you for a second, I think a lot of people... When I see these posts with footage of the activists with the animals at slaughterhouses or at when the trucks are stopping and they're giving water to the pigs or then there's so many there's so many of so much of this footage around and often in the comments people will say, Why aren't these assholes taking rescuing all of the pigs? You know, why aren't they saving every single one of them? I could answer from my own thoughts, but could you answer those people who are saying, Well, if you were there, why weren't you saving that baby cow? You know, if you're there, why weren't you helping them? And people don't get it until they're doing that work. So if you could share why you can't, why all you can do is film in those situations. I mean, we rescue many animals. A lot of us do at the risk of getting arrested and, you know, all kinds of things. Many people do those things. Most people who complain about activists are people who do absolutely fuck all behind their keyboard, which is frustrating. They're the biggest critics. They talk shit all the time about activists who are, you know, doing all this for no money, for no anything. And then there's all the activists who do it, who don't, people don't even know about, who are just totally behind the scenes. People are so quick to complain and criticize. And look, we're open to suggestions. We're looking for the best way to do it. So if, if people think they know a better way, let's see it. Show us, please. We're, we want more activists. We don't want more criticizing activists. When you do that, you put activists off. Like it, We're already struggling as it is in terms of working too hard or what we deal with. That Hearing it from vegans, you know, other vegans or whoever, criticizing efforts, even if they don't agree with them, you, know, you can have a constructive criticism. But most people, they're hiding behind their computer screen. They just want to say whatever they want just to, you know, for whatever reason. People are just like that. But, you know, obviously we can't just rescue every single animal. Animals are property in the law and you just go, you simply get locked up and you go to jail. What good is that? And then they just repossess the animal. So obviously the best thing to do is to get to the root of the problem. You just keep saving animals. Where do you put them? Who looks after them? Who's paying for them? The animals wouldn't be there in the first place if the demand for animal products wasn't there. So obviously to reach the root of the problem, we need to work with the demand and that's why we try to inspire and encourage people to become vegan because we don't 
then we don't need to worry about where all these animals going to go. The animals don't exist in the first place, and that's the end of the problem. Thank you. Thank you. Now, sorry to, I interrupted you, but I just was thinking when you were talking about about that, that that's one of the things I see in comments sometimes. So you were saying about factory farms and just how that, that heaviness of looking at, of witnessing, bearing witness to all of that suffering is some of the darkest times. And how do you overcome that? How do you consolidate that to be okay <laughs> at the end of the day? Because I've thought about, well, I, I want to in the next probably three months to go and bear witness with a friend of mine for the first time. And I've always felt like, why do I need to? I am from a farm and I know this suffering happens and... I've seen earthlings and I've seen all the footage and it will just make me die. But listening to the speakers at um, the end of spe end speciesism rally recently, I thought, you know what, she makes a point. You know, if you go, then I can really say to people who say, oh, that only happens in America or that only happens in China, I can really say, no, this, this happens here. You know, this is happening all the time here. But I just don't know how I would be able to function with my kids and in my life after bearing witness. So I'd love to hear how you go about that? I don't know. I usually try to just focus on not the animals, but more about how many great activists are there, how amazing it will be that people will see our videos. Sometimes a million people will see one of our videos, how many seeds that will plant, you know, the ripple effect that will create. I just try to focus on those good things. It's impossible. to. I mean, sometimes I go there and I'm totally numb and I don't feel it at all. And sometimes I go there and I just feel totally shit. So I guess it just depends you know, it would, it would help to go with a strong foundation in terms of your mental health. Um, but I think don't go there expecting that it won't affect you either because it probably will. As somebody who is compassionate to the plight of animals, you might find it hard, you might find it too hard. And if it is like that, then you, there's no obligation to stay. But afterwards, I would just say it probably would help to speak about your experience with someone, talk it out, get it off your chest, share what's happened. And, you know, just take care of yourself, just look after yourself, give yourself some time and do whatever makes you happy and just try to have some some other things happening rather than you just wallowing in it or I don't know. But this is advice that I'm giving that I never take myself. So <laughs> I don't know. That's what I would do. Maybe learn from my mistakes. Oh, try and learn from your mistakes. Thank you. And so what has been the best things, like the awesome things off off the heaviness and onto the the best things that you've found some of the best moments, maybe just a couple, the other best moments that you've had. The best moment, first one was when my my first interview on TV, which is when I spoke for the first time after being voiceless for a year. That interview went viral, was seen by millions of people, inspired who knows how many people. I probably received tens of thousands of messages. So I think that was probably the first major highlight. There was other times where... I got the first article about the problems associated with dairy, ethical, ethical problems that in a major Indian newspaper while I was over there, which caused a lot of conversation. My speech, this speech is your wake-up call, that reached over 12 million views since January this year. So I'm very happy about that. I got a, um, another video that's all about the dairy industry that's over 9 million views in probably just a few months now, I think. So, I mean, the, the, I guess the biggest things that I'm most stoked about are just when I really reach a lot of people. That's, you know, that, that's always the best because there's a lot of people out there that needs to reach many. But, you know, I, I get, I don't know how many messages I get, probably 50 to 100 a day at least, some days more depending if there's a viral vid going around. 
from people who are changing and from people who are experiencing amazing benefits or from people who you never thought would go vegan or from people who are asking questions and willing to learn and all these things. So being able to see that every day, I'm lucky because a lot of people don't get to see that and I'm definitely seeing the change happening and in, in the actual individuals and I think you know that's something really special that people are reaching out and yeah, like this, the change in consciousness is most definitely happening. It takes time. You can't expect everything overnight. Sometimes it's a really slow process. You know, even slavery took 400 years to end. But, you know, as people become more conscious and more aware, people's innate feelings are to be compassionate and to be respectful and to stop violence. And that's why, in my opinion, there's absolutely every reason why one day we'll see a almost totally vegan world. I, I'm fully optimistic about that. So it's just really important that yeah, we all use our voice and you know, and and like you're talking about, you, you gotta remember the wins and you've got to celebrate the good things and even if you don't reach ten million people, even if you reach twenty twenty people, just twenty people, that's great. You know, that's significant. And that will you know, the average person eats four to seven thousand animals in a lifetime. You reach 20 people and you get them stopping eating animals, that's a significant change. Obviously, one person, demand doesn't change, but when there's 20 million people who don't eat animals anymore and then 200 million and so on and so on, big changes do happen and that's the only way it's going to change. So it's just really good to remember that it is actually happening. That's actually really exciting. I never really thought about that figure as far as you know even if you got even if you got one person to change that's still you know for how many four to four to seven thousand animals yeah in their lifetime that 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 don't have to die exactly that's pretty cool it's amazing i've made like six vegans so this is pretty great news for me (laughs) good work congratulations I told my husband it's it's more impressive to me than creating a human life <laughs> because that happened just by accident. I didn't have to do much. It just happened. <laughs> Good work. Yeah, making beans is a fun uh, game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. What would be your three biggest tips for people who are listening who wanted to try out veganism? Join challenge22.com. You get a free mentor if you want, and they join you to a group where any question you could possibly have, recipes, health, stuff, anything. What can I buy at this restaurant? What can I buy at my local supermarket? What do I do if this happens, if that happens? The mentors there will help you. It's 100% free. So you just sign up at challenge22.com. That would be the first place I'd send people. Secondly, I'd get educated. I'd, I'd watch a documentary, Earthlings, Cowspiracy, Forks Over Knives, and either my speech, the speech is your wake-up call, or Gary Urofsky's speech, which is best uh, best speech ever, it's called, on YouTube. I'd recommend that. That covers ethical, environmental, health, and all the reasons to go vegan. So, yeah, if you're thinking about it, just even watch one of them. Just watch Earthlings. See what we do to the animals. See how it makes you feel. Do you feel disgusted when you see animals get slaughtered or do you feel hungry? You know, and think, okay, well, what's nature trying to tell me here? What's my body trying to tell me? Should I be putting this product of violence and torture into me or should I be trying to stand up for those vulnerable beings? And I guess my third tip would be to 
I think a really, I think a really good way to do it is just to choose a few vegan recipes for breakfast, a few vegan recipes for lunch, and a few for dinner. So just a few of each, and then just start rotating. So you start having more vegan meals, or or maybe you just go, okay, I'm going to go vegan for breakfast from now on. And when you've got a few recipes covered, go cool. That was that's that. That's done. Okay, now what about lunch? Boom, and dinner. Boom, and I think just that would be it. Like. It's so much easier than most people think. That's why anyone can do it, no matter where you are in the world, bar very few places, like 99.9% of people can go vegan. And you are going to get so much healthier from it, and you're just going to be doing the right thing. And that feeling, that knowing that you are on the side of justice, it is actually a very significant shift in who you are, and it's a very positive one. And yeah, I know I've talked a lot of doom and gloom and I'm super burned out right now. So this has been like, I can tell my vibe of this interview and it's pretty different than usual. But ultimately, at the, at the core of it, I'm still so incredibly happy and grateful to have learned what I've learned. Even all the, all the horror that I've seen, I could not be more grateful to have gone vegan. Ignorance is not bliss and I would not change it for a second. I would not, you know, there's there's... It's just one of the best changes you can make in your life, and it just happens to be one of the easiest changes to make. You just start working on it, and before you know it, you're vegan, and there's absolutely nothing to it. It's no more effort than the way people already live. In fact, it'll end up being less effort because you're going to spend less time in hospital, you're going to spend less time sick, less time taking medications, and you're probably going to live a longer life. It's so true. I um, recently made just a little video that no one watched. <laughs> But no, <laughs> no, it was just on my little Facebook page, so that's probably why. Because people often say, you know, don't you miss this? Don't you miss that? Don't you miss? And like, I don't miss anything. You know, you don't. I don't miss anything. I feel better. I'm fitter. I'm stronger. I'm healthier. I always say, like, I gained. It's only gains from this lifestyle. There's no missing. Oh, you know, do you miss eat, being able to eat a cherry ripe? Fuck no, I don't miss being able to eat a cherry ripe because I can walk. I couldn't feel my legs when I was eating cherry ripes, man. So this is this is just a win-win. Totally. That's a beauty. Uh, that's another thing. It is win-win. Everyone wins when you go vegan. You don't sacrifice food. The food's delicious. You're not going vegan and destroying the planet. It's, it's better for both, for the animals and the planet and our health. That is saying something. It's like... It's better for everything, so obviously it's the right thing to do. Like, it's it's just doesn't get more. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's really it's a no-brainer. It's just about helping people get through the conditioning that has been forced upon them that they need to eat meat and the animals are here for us and blah blah blah. You know, and it's not their fault. They're victims of that conditioning, just like I was, just like you was. Some people are open-minded to understanding that that brainwashing that that conditioning exists, and some people. You know, just show a lot of cognitive dissonance and they will bring up absolutely ridiculous arguments. Even well-educated, usually logical thinking people can defend it to the death, their meat-eating ways. And that is just, again, a product of the brainwashing that, you know, they're victims of it. So I don't blame anybody. and I just try to lead by example, educate, encourage, and inspire as best I can. So what's next? You said that you next year's going to be completely different. What do you think's your next big thing that you're going to be doing? Totally different approach. I don't think I'm going to be doing 
as many speeches as I, I mean, I, there's no way I can do as many as I have been. My speeches have gone viral now. They've done the absolute best thing that they can do. So they're, they're always there for people to watch if they want to watch them. I'm still going to do speeches next year because, you know, I've got a well-refined speech that does inspire people to go vegan and does inspire vegans to go become activists. So I'll still do it, but it won't be the bulk of my activism. It'll just be part of it. I still go to slaughterhouses occasionally. I'll still do, you know, street activism occasionally. Uh, and by occasionally, it, it's still going to be probably quite a bit, just a lot less. Next year, I'm going to um, live in Bali. I'm going to spend a lot more time just being like, a, you know, just living a normal life, breakdancing, a lot of health stuff, gym stuff, just living in Bali, what that's like, and just being more of a relatable person, not a vegan activist because – Vegan activists are not famous or interesting to a non-vegan audience. So you need to, in my opinion, a really good approach now that I've smashed vegan activism and, you know, probably had the best results I can have from it is, you know, like tens of, tens of millions of people have seen my stuff. You know, I've, I've hit the, that's the best thing that can happen. So from here, it's about not being a vegan activist, you know, as by definition kind of thing, but being more subtle, being a, a vlogger, like, you know, try to grow my social media further and do more YouTube vids and hopefully develop a, more of a following from non-vegans because my content will be more for anybody. And then I can be, I'm still a vegan and there'll still be a message throughout throughout my stuff, but at least then I'm somebody who people might want to follow and pay attention to and watch my vids or whatever because it's interesting to them. Because you look at my YouTube video, it's just full of vegan activism, basically. And that's great, don't get me wrong. Like it, A lot of non-vegans still watch it. It's, it's great. And all the vegan activists out there doing that, you know, hats off to them. But it's just, they're out there doing it. I've reached like the best I can reach in terms of my speeches and some of my other vids hitting the millions. So I'm just going to try a new approach and see how it works. And I personally think it'll be one, a lot better for the non-vegans in terms of being approachable and they'll just check out like, oh, this guy's cool. Oh, he's vegan. And then occasionally there'll be, you know, whatever about veganism. And I think it's going to be a lot more sustainable for me because, you know, it's, it's a similar thing. You go vegan, it's better for your health, it's better for the animals, it's better for the planet. I also think that if you can, if you can be an activist and be positive, happy, healthy, that is one of the best ways to inspire people to go vegan. They want that as well. So I'm just going to focus on being the best me I can be, have fun, do all those things that I've not done at all for the last four years. And I actually think it's probably going to be a very good way to spread the vegan message. So I'm going to at least have a crack at it, see what happens, live in Bali, still do some speeches, but not the bulk of my activism, and see how I go. I think it sounds awesome. I think it's going to be really good because I think that so many people get turned off and terrified by, you know, vegan activists in a, in a sense. They're so threatened and overwhelmed by it. Totally. And people love to see healthy, vibrant, fun, happy people that look awesome and they want to admire and be like. Yeah, that's right. It happens. Look, look at vloggers. Like vloggers, they get – some of them get millions of subscribers, millions of views. They're just cruising, just sharing their life with their audience and if you are a vegan activist, the most famous vegan activist on YouTube is not very famous at all. 
you know, just in the, they don't have a huge following. I don't even know who that is really. But vloggers, you can get a million subs. For example, right? I'm just putting it out there. You can get a million subs and you can be vegan. And you might be the hardest working vegan activist, right? And you're helping a lot of people go vegan and that's great. Or you can be a vlogger, for example, just one example of many. You can be a vlogger who has a massive audience who only mentions veganism once. And that one time in that one vid, you might help more people go vegan than all that vegan activism work, you know? And, and, and look, and like, it's not a competition who both is important, but, but it's reaching a different audience. It's reaching the audience that wouldn't have gone to the vegan activist YouTube page. And that's the point. That's the point. It's just reaching a different audience. And like you said, you've already saturated that market in a way. Totally. In that format of vegan activism. So this would be a, such a great way to reach to a whole new different... The people who are watching your videos are still going to watch your videos. You know, people who subscribe to you as an activist can still find all of you, your work that way. So this is just, I think it's a really great way for your own for everyone, <laughs> for your own longevity. No, definitely. Look, like, maybe it's not, and if it's not, I'll change back. But at the end of the day, I don't try to stick with one way, you know. I try to continue to grow, and I, I could easily just keep doing what I'm doing. But, you know, I don't want to just, just – I want to continue to grow and continue to be better and challenge myself and step out of my comfort zone. That's what I've always done, and that's what's got me to this point. And, I mean, you know, part of it's scary to try to go a totally different route and try to be successful at a totally different thing. But at the end of the day, that's what you got to do to be the best you you can be. And you have to be the best you you can be if you want to, you know, really help in this movement. And just in general, it's important to strive. So, I've never really liked sticking in my comfort zone for long. I try to get out of it as much as possible. And, yeah, I'm excited to, to try to, yeah, make it as a, I don't know, as a vlogger or as whatever, just being more of a normal person. I'm, I'm really, I look at my life these days, I'm like, you are not relatable, man. And that's a problem. So, yeah, I'm just addressing it. That's really the bottom line. I'm just addressing this problem I've seen with my with my work, that it's not relatable very much. You know, I'm a relatable guy, but my videos aren't relatable to anybody but vegans. Yeah, I can see what you, you're saying. It's very difficult when you get so caught up in your own echo chamber. <laughs> totally. It is. Yeah. You got to be careful. You got to be vigilant. No doubt about it. And, and look, like people are going to some people won't get it. Just like I was talking about, I'll, I'll do this. I'll try this new approach. People are like, he's he's sold out or he's, he's he doesn't care about animals anymore, blah, blah, blah. Like, so, you know, it takes, it takes some courage as well because these people who once supported you, some of them won't support you anymore. They just won't get it or they'll choose not to get it so they've got something to bitch about, whatever. But, but yeah, I mean, you got to follow your, your heart. you got to follow your path and... No one knows. When I was doing my vow signs, everyone told me not to do it. Every single person said, don't do it. And I was like, no, nah, I'm doing it. And like, please don't. It's a bad idea. It's not going to help. You know, just you're wasting your time. I did it. And that, you know, it reached millions of people. So no one knows. No one knows what's going to happen. You just got to go your own way and just do what feels right. I was going to ask you, how did you communicate during that time? Pen and paper? Or? Oh, yeah. I filled a lot of books and I played a lot of charades. <laughs> 
That's tough. That's that's such an impressive feat. I was really, really impressed when I watched that um, Sunrise interview. It was super. It was so good. Thanks. Yeah, I spent a lot of time figuring out exactly what I wanted to say in that one. Did you do, like, speech writing courses or speech giving courses before all this started for you? Or what did you, how did you get into being such a good speech maker? I gave speeches on a cruise ship for nine months when I worked on cruise ships. But I think the when I really – I mean, I, and I learned some stuff there. But, you know, I've done this speech, my speeches. I've got a few speeches I switch between. I've done them, you know, a few hundred times at least. And over time, you just learn what works and what doesn't, and you just get more confident. And you remember the speech. You don't have to worry about that anymore. So then you can start thinking more about delivery. And I don't know. A lot of it's kind of just just going with the flow. But no, I haven't done any courses exactly. I was actually the worst public speaker ever in high school. So yeah, I don't know. Being a personal trainer as well, you're kind of always public speaking, even though most personal trainers probably don't see it that way. I never did, but that is actually what you're doing. So, yeah, I don't know. I just – I was terrible at it and over time you just – if, if I wasn't good at it by now, I'd be worried. <laughs> well, you are. You're great at it and definitely inspiring for me and everyone who I know that's a vegan. So thank you very much. Thanks. You're welcome. It's been such a good thing for the movement having you come along and share this message in the way that you do. Like I said at the start, you're really, really inspirational to so many and your words and your way you deliver them uh, are really such a needed, necessary, like awesome thing for this movement and for the animals because the animals are voiceless and you give them such an exceptionally eloquent, calm, grounded loving voice for people who don't have a voice of their own so thank you so much thanks thanks i just try to you know that's the approach that i've seen work best if i thought there was a better way i'd do it but in my experience by far the best way is through love and respect and patience and understanding with who you're talking to and coming from that place inside of yourself if i thought it was better to be militant and angry and aggressive i would but it just in my experience, it just is not. And there's a place for it all, but for me, this definitely works best. And, yeah, it just seems to be really reaching a lot of people in a good way, so I'm happy. The last thing I really wanted to just say would be if you have any events or places where people can see you or find you or if they want to follow you, yeah, if you just wanted to share how they can hear more of you and hear more of follow you and find you and see you live or whatever in the future, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube just under my name, James Aspie. And I'll be in the UK this weekend. I'll be in Australia after that in Adelaide. I'll be in Canada, Toronto and London for two weeks after that. And then I'll be in New Zealand for a couple of weeks. And then I'll be in Melbourne um, at the start of December. Uh, I've got. I just put a schedule on my post today, which won't. That'll be in three weeks from now when this goes up. But I put schedules up every, you know, every month or something, just with the coming events. So yeah, just follow on my stuff, and you'll see what's going on. And how can they help support you as far as supporting your activism? How can people support your activism if they want to? Well, I don't do Patreon or ask for donations or anything like that. I just sell T-shirts that way. 
people can't question my integrity. I get what I need, some money, and people get in return something good, and it's good message on for the animals as well. So that is the website is jamesaspie.bigcartel.com. And the money raised just goes to me being able to do these speeches for free and get around and live, basically. If you go to jamesaspie.com.au and just click shop, you can find it. Thank you so much, James, for just agreeing to talk with me and for making time. I know that you said that you say yes to everything. So I'm so grateful that you said yes to me when you get so many messages every day. It means a huge amount to me. I can't ever express how much. Thanks so much, James, for taking the time to speak with me. And thank you all so much for listening. Next week we have on the show another incredible personal story of recovery with Hermione Reeves, who overcame polycystic ovarian syndrome, rheumatoid arthritis, and chronic asthma after adopting a low-fat, whole-food vegan diet. Amazing stuff. I loved doing this interview. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out, and please leave a five-star rating and a review if you can to help make the podcast more visible in iTunes so that more people who might need a message of hope can find it. Thank you so much. See you next week. (laughs) 